Welcome to Shine Your Light, helping you create healthy boundaries so that you can let your unique light shine through. I'm your host, Megan Wollever, and today we're going to be talking with Suzanne Sampson, a personal and relationship coach who works with clients both in her Berkeley office and by phone. She holds certifications in coactive coaching, hypnotherapy, and energy therapy, and she's currently obtaining her certification in the groundbreaking work of the Center for Right Relationship. The Center for Right Relationship, I guess, is an organization and a relationship systems coaching that blends uh, powerfully systems theory, Taoism, and much more. Wow. <laughs> Hi, Suzanne. Hi, Megan. That sounds pretty awesome. Tell me a little bit more about the, the uh, Center for Right Relationship. Well, these people are just amazing. I mean, you know, and you, and you just announced to your listeners that I've trained in hypnotherapy, I've trained in coaching, and I just love the combination of the two of them. And um, I'm always looking for ways to add a dimension. And I came across these women actually through the coach training school that I went to, CTI, CTI. Coaches okay. Training Institute. Um, they were starting a group within it that was focused on relationship. And the more I read about it, the more interested I got. So they spun out on their own, became the Center for Right Relationship. That's actually their website. Mm-hmm. And I went to take their courses, and these women blew my socks off. Wow. I mean, they are just... Um, The way they look at relationship as um, like an energy field that can be co-created and consciously co-created instead of just stumbling along and feeling like as we're sitting right here. I mean, there's an energy field between the two of us, and we can, you help to create that by even the way you move as you listen to the introductory song in your, um, when announcing I boogie down, when you're booging show. out, and you got me booging <laughs> out, and, right, but, you know, that's a conscious kind of, uh, that's a conscious kind of invitation of your energy to be joined, mm-hmm. so my energy joins you in that, and what these women do is, they have a very, very very theoretically soundly based systems theory approach to relationship that, as I say, is also Taoist. It's Taoist in that um, instead of trying to fix relationships or figure out what's going on in relationships, they train us to um, be looking for what's trying to happen in the relationship. It's a very allowing, it's a belief that relationships, human relationships are naturally wired to grow. Mm. They're naturally resourceful. And that if you reveal a relationship system to itself, it will move past obstacles and grow in the way that it's intended to. So it sounds like this is more than just romantic relationships. Oh, this is actually a great question. Um, This is um, a series of tools that can be used for any kind of relationship. It can be used with um, intimate partners. It can be used with families. It can be used with teams. It can be used with any Anything that's two or more people, and actually, quite honestly, um, I use it in my individual personal personal coaching. Because how, how do you do that? Well, you know, because you've been doing coaching and <laughs> therapy for a while now, so that's, that's right. And how are you integrating this? Well, I integrate it because actually, um, so often we don't achieve our goals because we get in our own way, 
or there's a ah, part yes. of us that <laughs> wants something and mm-hmm. there's a part of us that doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's a part of us that wants to be hugely successful and there's another part of us that goes, oh, you know, I'm not sure about that. I might make a mistake or I might um, I might have a success and lose it. And um, those parts are they're almost like an internal board of directors. And I've always coached that way um, as an individual coach. So actually, the relationship of these different parts to each other is um, a source of huge growth. Fantastic. Well, we're going to talk a little bit more about that, but we're going to cut to a commercial break, and we'll be right back with Suzanne Sampson. You're listening to Energy Talk Radio, conscious radio for a new era of hope. Our inspirational and fun shows help you to enjoy a better day while shifting global consciousness. Our fun and inspirational talk shows will empower you, our listeners, sponsors, and hosts, to experience the joy of creating a more peaceful, joyful, and beautiful world. 30% of our proceeds go to various charities we sponsor each month. This month, we're sponsoring the Tripora Foundation. For more information about the Tripora Foundation, please go to www.triporafoundation.org. That's Tripora, T-R-I-P-U-R-A, foundation.org. Thanks for listening. Please contact us with your favorite charitable organization by emailing us at info at energytalkradio.com. That's info at energytalkradio.com. Welcome back to Shine Your Light with your host, Megan Wolliver. Today we're talking with Suzanne Sampson, who is a coach, a hypnotherapist, and we were just talking about her work with the Center for Right Relationship, and she was sort of giving us a... uh, unpacking of what uh, the Center for Right Relationship is all about. And I had just started to ask her about how she integrates that into her work with individuals. So you don't necessarily need to be in uh, what I heard you saying was it doesn't necessarily have to be even relationship with another being. It could be your own relationship with yourself. Exactly. Yeah. And I heard you talking or what you were talking about was the um, conversation that we have with our different parts, our different aspects. And and whenever I hear or orient around that, um, you know, talking to our child self or our wise self or our, um, our self 20 years in the future, I always get this visual image of um, King Arthur and the Knights of the Round Table. Oh, what's that? I, I think, well, you know, I think it has to do with the the story and the, or, or using the Arthurian legends in a way of of ourself and the, the mm-hmm. each of these people or each of these characters in the Arthurian legends represent aspects of the self. There's got to be a whole a whole juicy area of exploration there, but that's that's where I go when we when we talk about conversations with with different parts of ourselves. Well, in fact, I think that King Arthur's Round Table is a great example of how this work can be used in groups mm. because in addition to being Taoist and being focused on what's trying to emerge non-judgmentally, who knows what is good and what is bad, let it flow, um, encourage it perhaps to flow where it wants to. Um, this group also really is very, very solidly grounded in systems theory. Mm-hmm. Um, people like um, Arnold Mendel and Deep Democracy and a, a belief that really all systems are individually unique, but they have generic characteristics. And one of the big ones in this kind of coaching is roles. Mm. Looking in a group for the roles, just as in Arthur's court, each one 
of those people at the round table had a necessary role in groups and in team coaching, very often you can go in and say, oh, this is the initiator, this is the follow-through person, this is the bearer of bad news. Um, I say that one because that was, that actually for me was a great example of a, an enormously valuable role um, because in my family, uh, people hid from bad news. And I worked for a number of years in a partnership where someone had to deliver the bad news and it wasn't going to be him. So it was going to be me. And um, I did what happens with most roles. I learned a lot from it. And then eventually I got role exhausted. It was like, oh, okay, I've learned what I need to do from this. I'm tired of doing it. The system still needs someone to deliver bad news. And so I um, groomed someone else to become the bad news bearer. <laughs> but as, as a um, relationship and team coach moving into a system like this, um, I knew that intuitively. But through the training that I've done with them and I'm continuing in their certification program, you look very specifically for roles, role exhaustion, who's still learning in a role. Um, what roles are the tough roles? I mean, there's some really tough roles in organizations that are necessary and making them realize a bad news bearer, again, not usually people's favorite person, but um, making revealing that system to itself and revealing that this person over here that you may dismiss as a gloom and doom person and, oh, no, you know, don't want to see her coming actually helps many times for the organization to avoid problems. Well, as you're saying that, I'm really um, being reminded of my days in corporate America. And one of my friends in an organization, a rather large, very well-known organization that I worked in for a number of years, had that role. He was sort of the bad news guy. He worked in a particular kind. This was in a a technology firm. And he um, was often the person to say this isn't working right and, mm-hmm. and or we don't have the resources that we need to make this work right. And, um, and I'm reminded of how difficult it was for him to communicate that in a way that people could hear it and, and feel empowered to do something about it. It seemed like that was very, a very challenging role to, to hold that energy of whether you want to call it the realist or you know yes. uh-huh. the, the the pragmatist, how are we going to get pragmatist, this done? Even the cynic sometimes, or the cynic, that, that's... and have that be an empowering thing, right? Rather mm-hmm. than uh, rather than something that people flinch when they hear. Mm-hmm. And this this I think is a way in which a coach, either personally or professionally. Um, contributes enormously to a a system because the coach can come in and, as I say, reveal the system to itself and basically um, add a dimension to the role of that person and, in fact, document the value. Um, Have the group know that, in fact, every system needs this role Mm -hmm. and, in fact, validate the person for doing something that's difficult and, Mm -hmm. and often not personally rewarding Plus, encourage people to see the person beyond the role. Yes, yes. And, you know, um, I'm going to translate this into um, healthy boundaries here for a second. Great. Because what I'm hearing as you're talking about roles Mm -hmm. is I'm hearing the piece that we talk about in healthy boundaries around um, purpose, 
What's my purpose? It's yes. another way of saying what my purpose is. And, and sometimes people think of purpose as being the big, what's my soul's purpose? You know, what am I here to do on this planet? And that, that is a very um, large picture view of this. But what I'm hearing and the way this is translating for me is what is my purpose in this, in this conversation, right? Or Absolutely. what is my purpose in um, the role of my family or the role of – and so our purpose actually can change based on our relationship and Absolutely. our relationships. And understanding that purpose and, and being able to fulfill that purpose actually helps us with our, with our energy system because we have clarity then. We're aligned with what that purpose is. And as you said, if the role or if our purpose is, um, is getting worn out – if it's not if it's not feeling empowering anymore, um, then it may be time for us to to take on a different develop role. A, a different purpose because of course your clarity your enthusiasm your overall energy with which you um, with which you approach uh, your job if the purpose is stale. But one of the things that I love about this coaching and this goes back to the Taoism is that you would be looking for that person for what's trying to emerge. Mm. What's trying to emerge from the staleness? What's the new purpose? Because, as you say, we, um, we can have purpose at every level, from the huge um, global soul purpose down to it might be that in different roles that we play in life, we have different aspects of that different purpose. But um, we're changing beings over time. We go through different stages of life, and our relationships go through different stages. Um, I was uh, talking with a client a couple of weeks ago um, that I've been coaching individually who's going through a divorce and was saying, you know, you and your parting husband might want to do some relationship coaching. And her comment was, but we don't have a relationship anymore. And my comment was, well, you, you certainly... You may have a relationship that is evolving to no longer be an intimate relationship, but even to have some coaching to terminate that phase and honor what was good in it is helpful. It ties off the energy. It's a clear, energetic break from that role, but the two of you still have a relationship as parents. What about some coaching to determine your joint purpose, to actually design your alliance? This is a big part of this coaching, is consciously designing what is going to make us flourish in this relationship. Well, and here's the key. We have relationship with every single thing, not just a person, but every single being, every single thing on this planet, whether we like it or not, right? And that's that, that's that piece of, okay, so if we're all one— Yes. <laughs> then how do I how do I get some alone time, right? Or, or how do I how do I define my purpose if we are all connected? So you have a relationship with the guy that bags your groceries. Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, it's, you're making me think of something I wrote over on Bart today, and I was looking around and thinking, isn't it interesting? I'm connected to all of these people, and I maybe have a closer energetic com- a connection at, at this point to the person next to me. But I was thinking, isn't it interesting? All of these people, it looks like at least have done certain things to take care of their physical body. You know, they've combed their hair, they've brushed their teeth, um, the guy next to me seems to have on clean clothes and everything. And I was thinking, isn't it really wonderful to be in a world where people are starting to take care of their energetic bodies? Mm. That, in fact, um, I had done your wonderful chakra meditation from your website this morning, and I had done some energy work and was thinking, 
wow, how many people, um, you, I wouldn't necessarily know how many people have done that, but just think of what that is going to do for that connection when each of us keeps our own energy body high vibration and clean. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up because that is exactly what the chakra clearing meditation is designed to do, the eight-minute chakra clearing mm-hmm. that you referred to. It, referring to it's, it's really designed to clear out the, um, the energetic body to help to release whatever. It's kind of like you take a shower to wash your physical body. You do a clearing to clear out, you know, the chakras as best as you can, you know. I mean, um, sometimes there are areas in the energy body that are a little more sticky than others. Um, and and so maybe that requires a little, a different kind of a technique. But, but for overall general day-to-day hygiene, yeah, we're doing some sort of 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 work, whether that's meditation or qigong or whatever it is, to to really move and 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 release in the in the energy body. And if we are all doing that, then we're really orienting in ourselves and with each other in a very different way. Um, and a, and there's a lot more, um, I think, freedom. Um, and as we've talked before in in other broadcasts, our resonance shifts, our resonance changes as a result. Mm-hmm. We were talking offline before um, the um, the show started about just that that the power of our of our energy field and the power of our etheric bodies and and we've touched on this before in other broadcasts as well uh, about how large our aura really is and about how our um, our energy bodies and our our including the astral and the the etheric bodies hold information in this. Mm-hmm. Um, information that shows up as our emotional vibrance or our emotional vibration, information that shows up as thought forms that we think a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, our mind making a meaning, mm-hmm. <laughs> connecting the dots, mm-hmm. right or wrong. <laughs> and when we interact with people, we're interacting with all of those levels and layers, whether we're consciously communicating it verbally or not. Um, we are interacting with all of that information. And so... The more we are clearer in ourselves or the more that we are taking um, uh, the exercises and things that we need to, to, um, to stay in, in resonance with, with our source or with our higher self or with our, um, our purpose, the, the easier we can start to see when we're being affected by the thought forms or the emotional vibrations in other people. I teach in my Energy Boundaries class a, an exercise called the Energy Snapshot. Uh-huh. And it's basically this. Uh-huh. When you get up first thing in the morning, maybe after you do your eight-minute chakra clearing or whatever kind of meditation you do, you check in. You take, you close your eyes, and this takes like 30 seconds to do, and you just check in with your physical body. You see sort of how your physical body is feeling. Where are you feeling tension? Where are you feeling freedom or openness? And then you check in with your emotional body and you notice how have your how are your emotions feeling? What kind of what's sort of the emotional theme that you're running at that moment? And then you check in with your mental body and you notice what what am I thinking? What are my thoughts? What's the quality of my thoughts right now? And you can check in for the past twenty four hours if it helps. So, you know, what have I been? What's been running through my head <laughs> the past the past twenty four hours? Right. And then you check in with your spirit, or their higher self, or your high guardian angel, or whatever you want to call that God, um, and see 
what the quality, what that big picture sort of looks like with yourself for the day. And then throughout your day, you can do that snapshot again and again if you've interacted with people or situations that kind of feels like something's sort of off, Mm -hmm. yeah, and notice that what has shifted. And I know that this actually connects into some of the work that, that you're doing with boundaries. Yeah, actually, um, I have a coaching partner, Cynthia Leslie Bowl, and uh, the two of us have a little company called um, Centered Choice because we do workshops largely with women about the idea of learning how in very busy, talk about multi-roles, um, lives, how to be able to First of all, recognize that we're at choice far often, more often than we think, and to make those choices from a centered place. And one of our workshops that we do every fall is a workshop actually on setting boundaries. It's called Lines in the Sand. Mm -hmm. And the reason for that, of course, is drawing the line, but the fact that it's in the sand. You can draw it differently if you want to. You can smooth it out and redraw it. We could make it a squiggle. You can make, in fact, on the um, on the cover of our workbook, it is a squiggle. <laughs> it's a squiggle down on a beach with some water beyond it. Mm-hmm. But um, we do this workshop actually in three parts because what we're trying to do is work on the coaching side of building awareness. And we actually... Um, We actually, after our first session where we've worked on awareness, we send people off with the instruction of don't do anything. Hmm. Just be aware. Because what we want to teach people so often, the setting a boundary um, that keeps your vibration from being pulled down, um, so often that's something that gets really, really complicated because we don't notice that first early warning system of, ooh, this isn't, you said, you said in terms of the check-in practice, ooh, something doesn't feel right. And we spend the whole first section, session with experiential exercises actually helping each woman discover her own unique form of my energy's being drained or I'm feeling impinged upon. And it might be drawing their attention to the body wisdom of, is it a sinking feeling in the pit of your stomach? Is it a tightness in your shoulders? And we have a group of exercises, opportunity for people to share and really, really get that first warning. And you want to know why that is? Why? Because um, <laughs> so often. Why this is that, process, Why is that, Megan? Um, that is because so often um, the very simple act of saying, when you do that, I feel threatened or whatever. I'd rather have you do something. Gets so messed up in those thought forms and the things that haven't been cleared out because we don't notice at the beginning. And by the time we notice, it's a backed-up sewer, and it doesn't come out as just a simple request. It's a deluge. Perfect. Well, let's talk more about that. We're going to take a break, and um, we will cut to commercial and be back in a few moments and continue to talk about healthy boundaries from a coach's perspective. Energy Talk Radio, fun and inspirational talk radio, making a difference. Tune in to The Power of the Possible with award-winning author and relationship expert Ariella McCarthy, cutting to the core of every issue and breaking apart many long-held beliefs 
that keep us from creating the life we claim we want, but have been unable to create. Tune in each day at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Ariella explains, We are not here to save anyone. We are here to love, to heal ourselves, and to hold the light for others. And then the light will point the way. Enrich yourself, mind, body, and spirit with products developed and handmade by the priestesses and priests of the kindred of Shyendra. Wild Seed offers natural, botanical, and spiritual items. Visit us at www.mashiataloya.com or call us at 510-688-4262. That's www.mashiataloya.com or call us at 510-688-4262. Energy Talk Radio, fun and inspirational radio that makes a difference. Tune into Happy Hour with Adam Sandell for an hour of entertainment, enlightenment, and attitude adjustment. Join playwright, lyricist, and journalist Adam Sandell for a celebration of what makes us happy. From pop culture to comedy, exploring topics both trivial and profound. For more information, please visit our schedule page to find out when you can listen to Happy Hour with Adam Sandell. Please tune in to listen to Life Without Limitation with Mike Michaud. Explore stories of miracles, wellness, prosperity, and enlightenment through sound meditation and transformational thought processes. The show is inspired by and based on the teachings of spiritual leader Dattatreya Shiva Baba, the YouTube guru who inspired best-selling author Dr. Wayne Dyer to write Manifest Your Destiny. The show is hosted by Mike Michaud, a student of Dattatreya Shiva Baba who experienced miraculous recovery from HIV and AIDS over seven years ago and survived a major heart procedure without anesthesia through meditations taught to him by Dattatreya Shiva Baba. Please visit our schedule page to learn when you can listen to Life Without Limitation with Mike Michaud. Welcome back to Shine Your Light. This is your host, Megan Wolliver, and today we're talking with Suzanne Sampson. We were just having a conversation about the um, Lines in the Sand workshop that she does. Um, and you were you were talking about it as um, a woman's workshop, but it's not just for women. It isn't. It um, As it happens, the group that we've drawn is a group of women, and that's a very good point to make because the things that I'm talking about are um, – 
there are some cultural overtones, I think, of things that women have been told about boundaries and um, doing things to be nice, to be helpful, to be nurturing. And there are male equivalents of things that men are told about boundaries, which may be um, I need to defend my boundary, I need to defend the boundary of my partner. or um, So there are, um, there are culturally related differences, I think, in some ways in boundaries, but we're all human. We all have those boundary issues. One of the things that I think um, that I like to um, unpack when we talk about boundaries is really this concept of a lot of times we think of a boundary as this wall that we're putting up around ourselves, right? And and uh, saying no to things, you know, I don't like your energy, so I'm going to say no mm-hmm. to you. But what we've talked about um, in our conversation today is how um, if we're all one and we've got these huge energy fields and there's thought forms and energy vibrations that are that are in our energy fields that we're that we are working with, then there's a lot of messiness that happens. <laughs> I'm I'm a big proponent of of um, the the messiness in life, right? That there is there is um, we like to put things in nice defined mm-hmm. categories and boxes, but life is infinitely more messy than that. So. Well, you know, you would love the Center for Right Relationship <laughs> because one of the things that they say actually is that conflict, um, constructive conflict is the midwife of change. Mm. That's very often how a, ch- a, a change happens. That's how we find out what's trying to emerge. And they draw a, a distinction between um, constructive conflict, and that's that's sort of like um, the rules of Queensbury, fair fighting, you know, you, you don't dirty fight. And one of the reasons for that is that if you think about it, um, uh, there's a book called John uh, by John Gottman called I think the Seven Principles for a Successful Marriage, and he identifies four different behaviors that are relationship spoilers. Uh, one is blame and criticism. Um, one is defensiveness. One is contempt, and one is stonewalling. And stonewalling. Stonewalling is just. I'm Shutting not there. Down. You can talk to me all you want, and you notice they tend to be paired. The um, blame criticism can create defensiveness. Contempt. Contempt is not just um, denigrating your behavior. It's actually denigrating you as a person. It actually can have health consequences, and that can tend to lead to stonewalling. Um, Not always paired, but they tend to be. So... um, uh, I think coaches trained in relationship work are always looking for those so that the conflict isn't destructive, so that the conflict is really bringing out new ideas, new viewpoints, and um, as I say, trying to see what is trying to emerge in the system. So I think that is such a beautiful statement of of, um, this concept of what gets your goat. I'm going to put this in Megan's terms here for a second. (laughs) What gets your goat isn't necessarily going to get my goat. Yeah. So, you know, conflict, what you see as a conflict or what you experience as a conflict may totally be like water off a duck's back for me. Absolutely. It may be like, oh, that doesn't bug me at all. But it may really get under your skin. And I think that's actually and, – and the way I orient in my own personal life around that is when something's bugging me, mm-hmm. to me it's a big red flag that I've got an area that needs to be explored in my own consciousness because that – So you're doing something that's very, very important, I think, in facilitating relationships, and that is you are taking responsibility for your feelings and your experience. Mm -hmm. You're saying it's Megan's experience that makes her connect the dots in a certain way. 
that says this is a bad thing or this is a scary thing or this is a whatever it is that triggers you and recognizing that um, that's an opportunity for healing and growth. Yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to what you were saying, though, about boundaries pushing people away, because this is such an important point. One of the things that everyone who's come through, we've done this workshop, I think, three times now. So about 30 people, we limit it to 10 so that we can really, really focus on people's individual early warning systems. But every person who comes out of it is astonished to find that having the skills to set clean boundaries and be aware of of, um, their feelings actually makes them closer to people. They're able to let people in closer because, again, going back to your tagline, if we're all connected, how do I get some time to myself? Okay, we. I do believe I'm of the camp that we are spiritual beings having a physical experience, and we're actually, we're physically separate. We're connected, but we're physically separate, and we all need alone time. So people come back saying, oh, you know, it's amazing. This person that I always avoided because she always, you know, makes my shoulders go back and, you know, I hear my mother's voice saying, be nice, but I want to run. Um, That person I actually enjoy now because I can say after 10 minutes, I've really enjoyed talking to you, but that's as much time as I have now. And so um, people feel able to connect fully when they're connecting and have the skills to, in a way that's not um, hurtful or harmful to anyone, withdraw when, in fact, they need time to themselves. Well, and I, what I hear when you say that is people um, honoring themselves. Absolutely. Honoring their needs, mm-hmm. knowing how... Um, their purpose or their energy is in in any given moment, Mm -hmm. regulating that or monitoring that, and then moving their energy, right? I mean, it all comes down to energy. So it's like, okay, where Uh am I going to, where am I going to, I rolled my shoulders. So moving the energy, this is that Wu Wei. We've talked about Wu Wei before, right? In Aikido. Uh Um, The Wu Wei move is, um, if y'all have seen the movie, The Matrix, um, when the bullets are coming at Keanu Reeves and Keanu Reeves just bends back, <laughs> bends back and just lets those bullets fly on by. And he, he literally like dodges these bullets. And that um, is the concept of, you know, attack or energy can be coming at you. You don't have to engage with that. You can literally allow that energy to move by and allow. And by doing that, that energy actually then it has to feed back into the system that sent the energy. So it's a way of, of not engaging with that energy and, and or not engaging with the attack and then therefore um, the person that is that is moving forward or moving at you in, in the attack has to work with their own energy, exactly. their own aggression. Mm-hmm. So um, that piece of being in your – being in your alignment or being in your center and recognizing energy that you want to engage with and energy that you don't want to engage with. And when you don't want to engage with energy, it's not from a place of anger or resentment or a place of get out of my way. It's literally a place of, 
oh, uh, my, yeah, I don't, I don't want to engage with that decision. energy. Yeah, right. and I'm going to let that move by, and I'm going to move myself or move my uh, attention or move this in a, in a totally different way. I use this a lot on the subways. I can. <laughs> on the I Muni. Can, I can imagine. When there are people yeah. that, that uh-huh. are on there and they're talking on their cell phones or they're maybe having an argument, and mm-hmm. normally I – um, you know, being incredibly sensitive, it's like you know you can you can notice that yourself your your energy field or your body starts really tensing up when you engage with that energy, and what happens is you go into a contraction around that, right? Absolutely. And you block the flow of your own energy. That's I think the really important point because um, some people would take that even a step further and. Um, even if they weren't energetically sensitive, uh, move to a place of making them wrong right. for doing this instead of just going, this just, they're doing what they're doing. And I have resources at my disposal to make myself comfortable mm-hmm. and they can be doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. In the space. So that might be putting on your iPod or it might be, you know, sort of doing a little inner meditation or it might be staring Mm -hmm. out the window and thinking of something else. So just think of um, the impact if you know in that kind of situation or let's say a boundary setting situation. Let's say there's a – someone who's always calling and asking you for something that you don't want to give and – If you know, in fact, that you recognize the first warning system of that so that you're not you're not storing things up and storing things up and going, ah, you know. So say more about the first warning oh, system. Oh, the first warning system. You know, I gave a, a, a couple of um, body examples, and it, it shows up somatically for a lot of people. It may be a tightness in the throat or a sinking feeling in the stomach or um, – tightness in the jaw or the shoulders. But interestingly enough, with a lot of people, you know, we all have primary ways of taking in and expressing energy. And um, there are some many non-somatic ways. One very common one is a mother's voice. Mm. Be nice. You know, oh, so we get, hear we actually we hear, hear a message that we got as a child about how we should not make a fuss, not make things difficult, any number of family imprinting things. So that can be an early warning system. Some people are highly visual. And they'll actually have a picture of um, themselves strangling the other person or um, they'll have a picture of um, – a Blind, a gag being put across their mouth so they can't say what they want to say. It's all so beautifully individual. But what we do in the first stage of the workshop is start people exploring, starting them noticing. And we say to them, you don't, don't, don't set a boundary. Just notice when you're feeling that your energy field is being impacted and notice where it shows up for you. Mm-hmm. Well, and that maps to the four steps that uh, when I work with clients on an individual basis that I take people through. And the, the first step is just awareness, right? Absolutely. Just being aware that something's going on in your system. And sometimes we can't cultivate awareness until we take time to check in mm-hmm. and um and that's where doing something like the chakra clearing or, or these different techniques help us to to begin to cultivate a field of awareness where we become we where we begin to pay attention. Absolutely, we begin to pay attention that we even have somatic cues. Right? <laughs> well, there have been people in this workshop who have gone, I can't believe my body 
was feeling that, and I've been ignoring it. I've been ignoring what my body's telling me. Right, right. Just too busy doing other things. Um, don't know what to do with it if I did feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, those are other parts of the workshop is actually teaching people to express the boundary in a way that doesn't make uh, the other person defensive, that that helps them to be open to listening. Um, and I think that... <clears throat> In my experience, 99% of the work is actually internal. Totally. It's about it's about working through your own your own triggers or your own mm-hmm. areas that are being and I would call those somatic cues is, is you're being triggered. Absolutely. You're you're interacting with something that that doesn't feel good to you, mm-hmm. that is limiting you, that's shutting you down. Mm-hmm. And that those those cues are all um messages, really important messages that move you into the choice. And think of um, really the way in which even though we may eat healthily, we may exercise, if we're ignoring that body wisdom, we're abusing our body in a way. That's, That's the way stress builds up. And then what happens is, again, that what can be a very simple setting of a boundary it may not even be a verbal interaction. Your example on the subway, oh, I think I'll just play my iPod instead. Or it may be um, saying to someone, I'm slightly claustrophobic, and I will occasionally say to people um, that are quite close to me in line, excuse me, I'm a bit claustrophobic. It would really be helpful for me if you'd be willing to stand back just one step. Does that work for you? And I've only had one case um, in my life where by asking, number one, you notice I'm taking the responsibility. Right. It's not that you're too close to me. Right. It's I'm slightly claustrophobic. It would help me. Would you be willing? I have had one case where a person actually acted very strange and reached out and touched me. It was a very strange response. And the two people behind him in line put their hands on him and said, don't do that to her. She asked you nicely. Wow. So to be able to be, again, you mentioned choice and centered choice, making that statement from the center. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're going to get to commercial and we'll come back and talk more about choice and center in relationship to boundaries. Hi, I'm Kim Hess, your divorce guru. Are you considering or been through a divorce? Need some motivation, sympathy, or humor? Tune in to Divorce Guru to listen, share, and learn how to make your life better after divorce than it was before through information, motivation, and humor. Go to the schedule page to see when you can listen to Divorce Guru on energytalkradio.com. You can also visit me at www.kimhess.com and check out my national divorce column on theexaminer.com, search word Kim Hess. Remember to listen to Divorce Guru, turning challenges into triumphs. You are listening to Energy Talk Radio, our inspirational and fun shows, helping you to enjoy a better day while shifting global consciousness. Join Energy Talk Radio for an hour of SEX, Spirited Energy Exchange with Loray. Loray, a certified tantric counselor, energy healer, mind sound technology teacher, and tantrika, will take you on a personal journey exploring spirituality and sexuality 
helping you to learn how both affects our bodies, minds, and spirits. For most of her adult life, Lorraine has been on a personal journey exploring spirituality and sexuality and how both affect our bodies, our health, and our connections with the world. Create new opportunities to transform your life by listening to SEX Spirited Energy Exchange with Lorraine here on Energy Talk Radio. Tune in to The Power of the Possible with award-winning author and relationship expert Ariella McCarthy, cutting to the core of every issue and breaking apart many long-held beliefs that keep us from creating the life we claim we want but have been unable to create. Tune in each day at 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Ariella explains, we are not here to save anyone. We are here to love, to heal ourselves, and to hold the light for others. And then the light will point the way. Are you or your employees in a funk? Do you need a positive kick in the attitude to recharge your spirit and motivate you for success? Don't wait for your attitude to get the best of you. Get Attitude Digest today, the premier magazine for inspiration in the workplace and beyond. Published by legendary motivator Sam Glenn. Visit AttitudeDigest.com today to subscribe or submit your ideas. It's also available customized for your business. Inquire today at AttitudeDigest.com. Are you looking for love in all the wrong places? Do you need a detour off the super highway that's leading to distress? Come to LoveDetour.com. It's more than just a social network. It's a place where people who experience breakups, dating issues, divorce, or even death of a loved one can find a great place to come together and find wonderful information. If you're looking for love, join us at lovedetour.com. Welcome back to Shine Your Light. This is your host, Megan Wollever, and we've been talking this hour with Suzanne Sampson, who leads workshops called Lines in the Sand that help people establish healthier boundaries in their lives. And um, we've been talking with Suzanne about the early warning signals that come up in the body when your boundary has been sort of... um, affected by somebody else. I don't want to say crossed because I think that that gives a sort of false idea of of, I of think that's boundaries being fair. being <laughs> uh, this sort of yes and no relationship. But one of the things I wanted to say which I think I've said before is that often when we put up a wall or we we make this sort of hard line, um, we we are putting up a no and that no immediately contracts us and it creates mm-hmm. that relationship of um, me versus you, exactly. which which is somewhat antagonistic. And, and usually makes the other person somewhat defensive. Yes. Um, they don't particularly like the way you put up the boundary. Yeah. yeah. So we work around healthy boundaries from the from the concept of finding your center and then sourcing yourself so that you are recognizing how you are your energy field is being affected by the people and the situations around you and then um, becoming a master of your energy field. So talk us through um, the the rest of that process that you guys go through. 
Yeah, well, as I say, um, in in the first session, we deal only with awareness. We send people away saying, don't do anything differently, just be aware. And when, when, they, when they come back, we work with them in the second session to develop a boundary statement. Okay, not a wall, not a, um, and in your term, you might call it a triggered statement mm. or an impacted statement. Mm. And um, it's usually very simple in format, and it does many of the things that we've discussed before. The first um, part is to name what it is that triggered you in very objective terms, um, not the when you do that irritating thing that you, but to say, when you said this or when you did this, um, very, very objective, just like um, someone who wasn't triggered would look at it. So um, give me an example of what um, that would sound like. Give me an example. Um, uh, uh, you're out at dinner with um, friends and your spouse, and your spouse says, oh, yeah, you know, um, Suzanne, she's always late. And for some reason, that's a family message that I've gotten over and over and over again, and I get triggered. Okay. Okay. So the statement would be very careful. First of all, I would have to center, and probably you have an excellent seven different steps for, in fact, setting healthy boundaries, a lot of which are are focused on that centering and that clearing of your own energy field. So you um, center, recognize that you're triggered, and you name it very, very neutrally. You just say, "When, when you said I'm always late, you don't say in that tone of voice or anything like that. It's an objective statement about behavior. Um, And then you say what you're feeling. You say, I feel um, stupid, belittled, whatever. I feel really bad. And then you simply say, I'd like to have us find a different way to handle that kind of situation. Beautiful. Yeah. And so it's um, the elements are trying to be objective, recognizing that just because you're triggered doesn't mean it is that that, that the other person is wrong. Okay, And being very, very certain to take responsibility for your own energy field. This energy field, again, is the sum of your experiences. Another person might not experience it that way. But, you know, there's a really neat thing about that third step of I'd like for us to find a different way to do that. And it actually loops back to the Center for Right Relationship and their coaching and actually something that I used to teach in my coaching class, which was that – We've tended historically in the last couple of centuries to work in terms of dialectic. It's sort of debate. Mm-hmm. You imagine, okay, there's the pro and the con. Right. And it's like a zero-sum game where there's a certain amount of rightness and everyone's trying to claim 100% of that for themselves. And if I'm right, it makes you more wrong. Okay, the wonderful thing about where we are now is we're becoming more evolved and more intelligent and moving into what – a, a very talented channel friend of mine, J.P. Van Hall, calls trialectics instead Mm. of dialectics because it's opening you up to what's possible. And actually, if I'm working with a couple that is having that kind of boundary issue and that kind of statement about what what can we do is made, um, the Center for Right Relationship Coaching would be that you actually have the two of them agree on a neutral name for what that is. The neutral name would be how we talk about it when you're late. Mm. 
So you could call it Joe? You could call it Joe. You could call it Harvey, okay? It doesn't even have to have the trigger word in it. So the Harvey thing. How are we going to talk about the Harvey thing? Second thing that I think, and I think this is so brilliant that they've added into it, is um, you have the couple talk about why is it important to resolve this. Mm. It is such an important step because so often I had a couple once that was talking about um, their debate over the dishes and how often they got washed and whether they got left in the, in, in the seat. And when I used the sink and when I used this technique and said, um, why is it important to resolve this? Um, one of them looked up and said, I don't think we're going to make it if we don't. Wow. I, I, I was stunned and his partner agreed with him. And so then what you do is you take something like that pen and you say, this is Harvey, and you actually put it out in front of them. So energetically, what happens is instead of looking at each other, sort of playing tug of war mm-hmm. over there's only so much rightness and I want to own it, you now have had them agree that it's important as a couple, as a shared energy to resolve this and you have it, neutral it, out there, and the energy moves away from the fight and actually that arena of tense energy into brainstorming. Well, what could we do about that? It's amazing to watch. Um, It also sounds really empowering as well because it takes the uh, focus off of what that other person is or isn't doing and puts it in and which you know in in my own relationship when when there's conversations about what is or isn't working mm-hmm. it's you know how can we resolve this but there's still an onus on the other person of for them to do right. something about uh-huh. resolving it and um and moving it into the third yeah so the triumvirate imagine, yeah. or moving it into that 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 sort of um outside of our, ourselves um identity really helps to diffuse it not only diffuses, it really, I to me, it embodies the fact that in this kind of um, energetic relationship coaching, you're really co-creating a shared energetic field. Yes, yes. And so it puts it out in front so you can say, oh, you know, we could do this with it. We could do this with it. And um, you conduct it like brainstorming. No idea is bad or stupid. It's like let's get as many things on the table as possible, and then let's start picking and trying things. Beautiful, isn't that wonderful? I just it's it, it yeah it's it. My whole brain is starting to like <laughs> wow. There's so much. There's so many ways it's that expansive. this can go. And, it's and well, it is expansive, and also it is totally as my training as a as a as a hermeticist. I'm thinking uh-huh. about that the triangle, right, as a uh, yeah. representation uh-huh. of spirit. It? I'm thinking about the triangle as the mm-hmm. holy trinity. I'm thinking uh-huh. about taking that pen, and actually, this pen is God, right? Yeah. So uh-huh. it's. It's me and you and then the, the whatever the problem is, right, yes. the uh-huh. dishes, uh-huh. Harvey. Harvey's Harvey. God, I, right? Yeah. Because uh-huh. that Harvey is actually, whenever any conflict shows up in our life, it is mm-hmm. actually an evolutionary catalyst. It is actually a driver for, for change in our this life, for evolution the, in our mm-hmm. life. For, we, we don't grow when things are simply easy and flowing. And there's nothing wrong with things being simply, simple and easy and flowing in our life. But what I've found personally in my life is that the things that challenge me the most are the things that actually push me to emerge, like that 
caterpillar or that butterfly trying to move outside of its cocoon. It's those those points of of what feel like conflict or struggle that are actually the um, the evolutionary drivers for me to move into a new mm-hmm. phase of being in myself and in my life. Absolutely, beautifully said. Thank you. And just think energetically. I mean, it's so much fun as the coach to watch two people kind of having at each other, and it's my way or it's my way. And then to have them create a neutral name for the issue, talk about why it's important to resolve it, and put it out in front of them so their shared energy, their energy is now side by side, not at each other's throats or beating heads against each other. It's, it's actually faced out. The energy is going toward the issue. It's not each other. If somebody wanted to learn more about the either the work that you do as a relationship coach or the Healthy Boundaries workshops that you're doing, how would somebody find out about your work? Well, I have a website that describes both the individual coaching work and it describes the um, beginnings of the relationship coaching work and it describes all of those workshops. And that website is www. SuzanneSamson.com. So S-U-Z-A-N-N-E-S-A-M as in Mary, S-O-N as in Nancy.com. Beautiful. All laid out there. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for being with us today. I really appreciate your energy and just the wisdom and all of the wonderful um, perspective that you've brought to both relationship and, and boundaries. It's been a joy to have you here. Thanks so much. Totally. My pleasure. I loved every minute. Thank you for listening. Um, And I want to invite our listeners um, to email me at megan at energytalkradio.com. If you have specific questions or issues around boundaries in your life, I'm going to begin to introduce um, some time in my broadcasts where we talk about some of the different um, issues and questions. Everything will be held in confidentiality, but you can sort of send me an email and give me a rundown of what's going on, and then we will talk about these things on the air so that we can be addressing real-life Real practical. I like the. I, I'm really into the theoretical, but we've got to ground it in the physical. We've got to ground it in the practical. So um, email me at megan at energytalkradio.com. You can also learn more about the seven keys to healthier boundaries on my website, which is emergehealing.com. E M E R G E H E A L I N G.com, um, where you can also learn more about the different healings and teachings that I do here in the San Francisco Bay Area. Thank you very much. Namaste.